Welcome back, folks, to another episode of Home Court Static. I'm your host, Cameron Cunningham. Today's pod's just going to be a short uh, look into what I think about the Harden trade, and also we're going to get into a little bit of uh, COVID protocol talk and how it may be affecting some teams. So, as you all probably know by now, James Harden has been traded to the Brooklyn Nets in a four-team blockbuster trade. So, it was a four-team deal, and here's here's how all the players got swapped around and everything was figured out. The Nets got James Harden from the Rockets and a 2024 second round pick from the Cavaliers. The Rockets got Victor Oladipo from the Pacers, Dante Exum from the Cavs, and Rod Karuks from the Nets. The Rockets got Brooklyn's three unprotected first round draft picks in 2022, 2024, and 2026, plus pick swaps in 2021, 2023, 2025, 2027, and also Milwaukee's first round pick from Cleveland. The Pacers got Karis Levert and a 2023 second round pick from the Rockets. And the Cavs got Jared Allen and Tarin Prince. Now let's break this down a little bit. So obviously now... There was a semi-balance in the NBA, and I'm going to say that because like, I don't buy into how good everybody thinks the Lakers are. I think they're a beatable team. Uh, the West is stacked, so I don't even think they're, they might not even get out of the West. That's just how I feel about it. And I think everybody's kind of in the echo chamber about how good they are. In particular, how good the duo of LeBron James and Anthony Davis are. Definitely not Shaq Kobe. That's all I'm going to leave that at. But now, this is kind of the, the era of duos in the NBA, or at least it was supposed to be. Uh, and there hadn't really been a big three since, you know, the Cavs had their big three with uh, Irving, Kevin Love, and LeBron James, and, uh, and then the Warriors. The Warriors had a big three in Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, and Kevin Durant. But after KD left for the Nets, it kind of, you know, everything kind of balanced itself out. We were going into the era of duos, and now all of that's messed up because now there's a three-headed monster in New York, in Newsflash. It's not the New York Knicks. Now, people are saying that, you know, what's the deal with Kyrie? He's not showing up with the team and this and that. Let me tell you something. The Nets are going to be all right, man. The Nets are going to be all right, even if Kyrie decides to like not show up every now and then. I guess the, a good way to look at this is like, except he's like way better offensively. It's like the reverse. It's like he's an offensive player off, instead of a defensive player. You look at Kyrie like a Rodman. Like, sure, he's going to go do his stuff. He's going to live his life the way he wants to live it. But at the end of the day, when uh, you're in the finals and you need someone, I bet you Kyrie is going to be there. Kyrie, Kyrie wants chips. He wants to win a ring. So, you know, <laughs> it'd be stupid to look at the situation in front of him right now and be like, oh, well, I'm going to not do that. The, the Nets are going to be all right. But now 
there's another supers team in the league. And while the balance of power was relatively even, you can debate that amongst yourselves if you think the Lakers were way ahead of everybody. I don't think so. Now, there's an obvious shift in balance. And the Nets, whether you want to admit it or not, offensively are unmatched in the entire NBA. Now, defensively, they're getting scrutinized a little bit. But I will say that KD and James Harden, when they try, especially James Harden when he tries, KD's kind of a good defender all the time. But when James Harden tries on defense, he's not that bad of a defender. So take with that what you will. I do think they're giving up something that would have been interesting by sending Jared Allen away in this deal. Because they have they have DJ, DeAndre Jordan, as their center. And I'm, he was coming off the bench right before this trade. And it seemed like that they were going in a direction to where they were going to let Jared Allen start. And, you know, he was going to be their big man, their go-to big man. Now, they have DeAndre Jordan, who, you know, DeAndre Jordan's good, but he's getting a little older. He's not as, he's not as good on the defensive end or offensive end, honestly as he used to be, like when he was on the Clippers. And their backup center right now, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> is Jeff Green, who if you don't know, he's like 6'9", maybe 6'10". He's not a center. But essentially, they'd be playing a small ball lineup uh, when Jordan's not out there on the on the court. And their depth, the Nets' depth, is also taking a little bit of a hit because at the beginning of the season, everybody was talking about how they had such great depth and they had Dinwiddie, they had... They're bringing Karis LeVert off the bench. Uh, they had Jared Allen coming off the bench. You know, they've already lost. They've lost those two people. And Dinwiddie got injured, which I think might have a lot to do with why this trade accelerated so much. It's just going to be interesting because they're going to be all right. Don't get me wrong. The Nets are going to be all right. They're 2-0 and with Harden. They beat the Bucks today. I'm recording this on the 18th, by the way. They beat the Bucks today and the Magic on Saturday. And in in Harden's debut, Kevin Durant had 42 points, and James Harden had 32 points, 14 assists, and 12 rebounds. Let me reiterate, the Nets are going to be all right. And that's without Kyrie Irving. Say what you want about Kyrie Irving, this, Kyrie Irving, that. But in 2016, if he doesn't hit that shot, LeBron James never wins that championship in Cleveland. And also, you got to think about it, Kyrie's a third option now. He's like the Kevin Love or the Chris Bosh, right? The Nets are going to be all right. The Nets are going to be all right. But with all that being said, they did lose Spencer Dinwiddie. If they would have had Dinwiddie, this would have just been unfair. If Dinwiddie was still healthy and still able to go this season, I don't know how this would have... I don't even know what the league would do about that, honestly. And it's worth bringing up that I think that if uh, David Stern was still alive and still the commissioner of the NBA, this trade would have been vetoed. There's no way that he would have let this trade go down because it's just shifting so much. It's shifting the momentum so much in the favor of the Nets. Like offensively, they're unmatched, and I think their defense is going to be all right. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't think that it's going to be as big of an issue as everybody's saying. Uh, but David Stern, if he was still alive... Rest his soul. Yeah, he would have vetoed this trade. I feel like he wouldn't have let this trade happen. He didn't let Chris Paul go to the Lakers. We all know that. 
because it's just it really just is unfair. It it's just like one of those things where you're you're just kind of frustrated because I'm not gonna go for the Lakers if they if the Lakers were to make the finals. Let's say the Lakers make the finals. I don't want to go for Brooklyn in the finals, but I'm not gonna go for the Lakers. I would go for the I would go for the Nets over the Lakers all day. Every day. Uh I also don't really I don't really agree with how Harden handled the situation. Like he got what he wanted, but I feel like that was inevitable and he should have just played nice before this happened. But I do kind of want to talk about the other teams a little bit because I feel like people are now thinking like, oh, the Rockets are going to suck this. The Rockets are going to suck that. Victor Oladipo is, you know, still a really good player, even though he's been hurt and he's kind of injury prone. I think it's funny that say whatever you want about the Rockets because they like to change their identity a lot. But when they change their identity, at least they stick to that identity and they're consistent with sticking with that identity. When they went small, they had Chandler Parsons on the on the practice squad. He was on the roster, but he, he never played. And he would, he would act as the other team's center and they had everybody out there. And I think the tallest person was P.J. Tucker, who's like 6'7 or 6'8 maybe. Um, and they stuck to that identity. And now... Their identity is former all-stars who are injury-prone and are trying to revitalize their career. And, you know, that's just like that's just like who they are right now. And I wouldn't sleep on the Rockets because there is a, a lot of will and there's a lot of motivation on that team. Like all of these guys are trying to come back. They're trying to they're trying to prove everybody wrong, if you will, and saying, like, we're not done yet. Why do you think we're done yet? So I think there's a way that if that starts – and Christian Wood is having a career year. And John Wall can help him develop that. Boogie Cousins, once he finally gets back fully, that's going to be kind of a scary a scary lineup. You have John Wall, John Wall, Victor Oladipo. DeMarcus Cousins, Christian Wood, and maybe like, and then P.J. Tucker at small forward if he stays there with Eric Gordon coming off the bench and Ben McElmore. Just think about it. That's a good team. That's a good team. That's a solid team. And if you take away all of this weird narrative and all this like Rockets are this, Rockets are that, and you just look at that team on paper, that's a pretty good team. And, uh, that's that's how I feel about that. I think you shouldn't count out the Rockets because they have players that have proven that they can play in this league. And they're all trying to prove something. And never underestimate somebody that has a chip on their shoulder and wants to get something done because they could surprise you. The Cavs, the Cavs added Jared Allen and Tareem Prince. I think Tareem Prince and Jared Allen are both nice pickups, but now the Cavs have... JaVale McGee, Andre Drummond, and Jared Allen, who are all arguably starter. They're all starting centers in the league. So I kind of expect a trade coming at some point, maybe JaVale McGee or Andre Drummond. I'm not entirely sure uh, at this moment, but it is a little weird that they have like three really, really good big men. They could start them and try to just like bully ball everybody. That'd be interesting. Probably won't happen because the NBA has changed so much. But the Cavs, I don't, I don't know. I feel like they, they just like swooped into this because I guess Drummond's deal is going to be uh, ending and 
JaVale McGee is on a one-year deal, so maybe they bring back Jared Allen and try to make him part of that young group that they're developing over there. And then finally, the Pacers. Pacers adding Karis LeVert, and they're already doing good. And, you know, that's a pretty good swap out. Karis LeVert for Victor Oladipo. I think they're going to be just fine. Plus, like, it's kind of Sabonis' team now. And once TJ Warren comes back, I think they'll be all right. They're going to make the playoffs for sure. They're going to be like a four or five, maybe a three even. So all around, I think pretty much everybody won in that trade. I know people are going to say other things like Houston compromise or whatever. But like, you know, hey, I still think they have a pretty solid squad, especially if Victor Oladipo stays because they're saying it's one year. Like, but what if? What if Victor Oladipo ends up liking Houston and they do really well and then he decides to come back? That'd be an interesting team. You never know. They're all they're literally all all-stars. So Wall, Cousins, Victor Oladipo, Christian Wood could arguably arguably be an all-star this season if the Rockets are able to get above 500, stay above 500, maybe make the playoffs. Keep in mind this year, to make the playoffs, technically to make the playoffs, you only have to be top 10 in your conference. It's going to be a little bit different this year. Uh, also, you never know. With the COVID protocols, it's been uh, it's been uh, affecting, it's been making its mark over the last two weeks. It's been two weeks since our last podcast. Over the last two weeks, it's been wreaking havoc in the league. Games have been canceled. You can really see what it does to a team. An example that, that I can think of just because... I'm experiencing it as a fan. Uh, I'm a fan of the Dallas Mavericks, and they're on a a three-game win streak. And then in Denver, they beat Denver in overtime, and then it turns out that one of the players tested positive for COVID. And then that ended up, because of tracing, making other people have, have to stay in Denver and quarantine in Denver. And uh, the Mavericks were without... Maxi Klebar for a long time. Maxi Klebar, uh, Jalen Brunson, Dwight Powell, Dorian Finney-Smith, Josh Richardson. They were all out due to COVID and COVID trace- tracing. And, you know, arguably Maxi Klebar, well, not arguably, this is a fact, but you can put, you can rank them however, but this is a fact. Maxi Klebar, uh, and also, just so you know, the Mavs are, or were ranked third in defensive efficiency, allowing... Third, they were allowing teams to score, I think, like 100 points or something like that, which was third best in the league. But anyway, out of those four players, or those four or five players, Maxi Kleber, uh, Josh Richardson, and Dorian Finney-Smith, without a doubt, rank them however you want, are the best defenders on the Dallas Mavericks by far. And up until that point, all three of those guys can start. Uh, Josh and Dorian start every single game and the Mavs went on a four and one stretch, I think, where Maxi was starting. They were trying to start Maxi and they were they were winning. They were on a three game win streak with Maxi starting. And Ma- and also Maxi's like our only like other than Maxi, our big men on defense are complete trash. They can't they can't do anything. So Maxi's like huge. It's like a huge loss. An example of how it's affected us is now we are we have lost three in a row. It's the first time since March of 2019, so almost two years. That's a pretty long time to go two years without dropping three in a row. And it's because uh, offensively we're fine, right? But 
on the defensive end, you can really see that we're struggling. Like when the Mavs lost to the Bucks, they lost by three. I think it was like 109 to 112. They didn't have anybody to guard Giannis. Yeah. Uh, this COVID protocol thing is really affecting uh, some teams. The Denver Nuggets are without uh, Michael Michael Porter Jr. The Celtics, I think, had to postpone a couple of games because they, they had some guys that were testing positive for the coronavirus. And uh, all around the league, this is happening. Like the Cavs game got suspended today. The Wizards, I think, are experiencing some COVID problems. So this year really is up in the air uh in terms of like what can happen so it's just interesting to see like how this covid after seeing it firsthand uh kind of almost caused a league shutdown because it was getting really bad especially the past like a week ago they were starting to talk about all right we're going to shut it down everybody's going to just you got to go stay home for 2 weeks we're going to pick back up the league in 2 weeks so that everybody's good and we'll go from there just because it was getting so bad that it was like, do we keep going forward or do we just cut it off for two weeks and then come back and try to restart? But uh, their time schedule is so crunched this year and that's why they're playing so many back-to-backs. The Olympics for like right now are supposed to start like boom, it's like finals and then boom, you're going to the Olympics. And also they want to they want to get back on a normal NBA schedule. They want to start start starting at the end of October again just to kind of get some normality back into the league and get the players some rent the rest they deserve and all this kind of stuff which is understandable but yeah I mean and also the injury thing since they're playing so many back-to-backs and like maybe players are sitting out because of COVID and they come back and they're just their bodies aren't used to like ramping it up and slowing it down ramping it up and slowing it down uh there's potential to be uh maybe a lot of injuries notably Spencer Dinwiddie's out probably for the season. I want to briefly talk about the standings and like, you know, teams, how teams are doing. Like I want to give an update on like who I'm watching and what I'm paying attention to when I look at these standings. I want to mention that the San Antonio Spurs, I'm going to stand by the statement all year are going to make the playoffs. The San Antonio Spurs are playing Spurs basketball for the first time in two years. When they brought in DeRozan, they started playing this isolation ball that really like was not part of their identity at all. And you could tell that it kind of threw them off and like the ball movement was weird. But this season, man, they are killing it. Today they tore apart the Portland Trailblazers. I think they had four players that scored 20 points. I think uh, LA had 20. DeRozan had 20 plus. Rudy Gay had 20 plus. Patty Mills had 20 plus. Kelvin Johnson had 10. They had a couple other guys that had like 10 spread out, but like you're getting everything you want out of this team right now. They're, they're, everybody's scoring, everybody's getting touches, everybody's getting good looks. It's back to Spurs basketball. It's back to that little documentary they made when they were making the finals about how they play such a beautiful way. And it's just, it's really awesome to see. The Lakers are obviously doing good. Uh, they look good so far, but... We'll see how that goes. I'm still not entirely sold on the Lakers. And you know, you never know. Because of the whole thing that happened with the Brooklyn Nets adding James Harden, I feel like they're going to be looking to make a move. Maybe the one I'm thinking of, the one that comes to mind, is I feel like they might try to trade for Bradley Beal. Uh, The Utah Jazz look good. I've got the Jazz probably finishing. Like, they're my sleeper team to, like, make a really deep playoff run this year. Uh, The Suns are kind of 
struggling. They're they've lost two in a row. I don't know exactly what's going on that with that, but they did have a game postponed, which may have thrown them off a little bit. Uh, the Denver Nuggets seem to still like be trying to figure things out. Same with the Rockets, and a lot of these teams are having to like play like funky lineups due to like injuries or uh, COVID protocol. So it's a really it's a really interesting season so far. Up in the East, the Magic were looking really good to start the season, but they've now lost six in a row, which is slightly alarming. Uh, they do, I think they do have uh, some injuries going on, and obviously Markel Fultz uh, tore his ACL. So I don't know if the Magic are going to be able to make the playoffs now, but then again, you only have to be top 10 in your conference. It's totally possible. The New York Knicks are finally getting their guys back. They're they're looking good. They look like they might be able to do some stuff. Uh, the Nets looked a little iffy there for a little bit when the KD had to sit out and Kyrie went MIA. Still MIA. He's supposed to come back this week. But once they got their groove back, they're on a four-game win streak. The Miami Heat still struggling. I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know what's going on with that. I, I feel like I need to look more into like why they're losing. The Raptors are also losing. They won today though. They won three in a row, but like they started off so bad that they're like it's an uphill climb. They're at five and eight. My surprise team from the last uh three weeks, it's the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz, after seeming like they might have gone through a little rough patch of won five in a row, they've been able to kind of bring things together and get things going. So I am going to be, we're going to be doing another podcast uh, tomorrow, which will be fun. And if you want to know what, what goes on in that podcast, listen to that one. But uh, that's all I have today. Uh, I do think that, just really quickly, I do think that the Nets should, if Kyrie decides to get all weird and he decides that he doesn't want to play there, because he's like a third option now. That's what's so funny is he left. Cleveland because he didn't want to be Robin, right? He didn't want to be the in the shadow of LeBron. Couldn't get things done in Boston, so he goes to the Nets with with KD, which is like, all right, sure, like KD's coming off an injury, maybe you can be the guy. But now, like James Harden's there, and he's very obviously like the third guy on the team. So I don't know egotistically like if he's gonna like that or not. But if he decides that he doesn't want to be there, I think that the Nets should just, just for shits and giggles, trade him to DC. Uh, Kyrie seems to be pretty political, so it, he, I feel like he might go for it. Trade him to DC for Westbrook, just to like make it even, just to, just to kind of bring the Nets down a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you know they could click. I don't know, but I just thought that'd be funny if that happened. But that's all I have today for y'all guys. Uh, thank you for listening. If you ever want us to talk about something or you want to maybe reach out and you feel like you want to talk about something, we could have you on as a guest. Just uh, DM us at home court static on Instagram or Twitter and uh, we'll look into it and we'll try to talk about it on the podcast. But thank you all for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Peace. Watch out for the pick and keep an eye on the fence. Gotta run the give and go.